Welcome back to the next Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, your host. And if you're joining me for the first time in a while, I want you to know that we're using the month of September as a bridge to the 2020-2021 podcast series. So for this month only, we are diving back into the archives and airing our top five podcasts from last year in what we're calling a September to Remember Minisode podcast. And for today's Minisode, you just might need a tissue because the story of Dr. Angie Mickle may get a little emotional and it truly will be inspiring. Let's listen to the amazing story of Dr. Angie Mickle. Angie Mickle never had a headache until a month before a CT scan revealed that she had a brain tumor. Many people would crumble, but that's not Angie Mickle. Instead, this journey through a medical emergency was filled with great joy as she leaned on the great physician. Listen to this week's September to Remember Cedarville Stories minisode as Angie Mickle shares with me how her joy in Jesus carried her through this particular trial. You obviously, even going into the brain surgery, you knew it was coming, um, you had a piece about the situation. So walk us through the moment you got the diagnosis to the moment the surgery is over. Okay. And, and, and leave it there. We'll get to other things later. Okay. So um, the I woke up October 29th with uh, the first headache that I'd really ever had in my life. In 2019? In 2019. Correct. Okay. I have to think about that. Yes. So, yes, I woke up with a headache in 2019 about 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, that was a Sunday morning going into a Monday. And I'd really never had a headache or woke up with a headache before. And so I took some Tylenol and went back to sleep. And then I woke up to get ready for work to the alarm, and I still had a headache Monday morning, which was unusual. So that headache um, was, n- well, I'd really never had a headache, so I didn't know what a normal headache was, but that <laughs> headache just wouldn't get better. And every day that week, it progressively got worse. And um, I kept coming to work, and I kept doing seeing patients and doing everything. And then um, I finally went to the my family doctor on Friday of that week and said, I have a really bad headache and I think I need a CAT scan. And he did not think I needed that. He said, your neuro exam's solid and I think you're just stressed out. And um, I said, oh, okay. So he um, said, let's see how you do this weekend. Over the weekend, I had military. I had a military ball. Um, I went and did the military stuff, but I couldn't drive home from Columbus um, because my headache was so bad. And so I text him, actually, and said, I really need to get a CAT scan. It's getting worse. And then so Monday, November 5th, during the day, um, the CAT scan got scheduled. I had my CAT scan at 5 p.m., and he called me at 7 p.m. to tell me that I had a brain tumor. And um, I just remember, one, being relieved because I knew that something was wrong, and two, just immediately feeling like a peace. And a piece because the initial diagnosis was um, terminal. So his the first diagnosis that I got on the phone was that I had an astrocytoma, and that I I knew that that's not survivable. And so I wow. just and, and that was my um, by the way my thirty second wedding anniversary. <laughs> wow, November happy 5th. anniversary! Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so I drove home and I told my husband um, that we we needed to drive me to the pharmacy to get some medicine to get the swelling down in my head, and we just had a lot to talk about. So let's let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. I mean, were were you emotional? Was your husband emotional? How did that conversation go? So I just really felt at peace. I I know that um, when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm not going to have eternal death. I have eternal life, and so I am really at peace with that. And so 
um, my immediate concern was for everyone else, um, for how my husband was going to take this, how we would talk to our children about it. And um, I, I immediately just wanted to uh, make sure that everyone that I know would be with me in heaven one day. Right. And that was, that was really where uh, my thoughts were. And uh, we decided not to tell my kids that night um, until I had some more studies. I knew I was going to the neurosurgeon the next morning. And um, so that's what we did. And, and so then you can just see God um, in everything that ha- occurred. So I w- went to sleep that night. I was at peace. I said my prayers at night, went to sleep, woke up the next morning and seen the neurosurgeon who had um, basically good news the night before you think you have astrocytoma. And he said, yes, you have a big tumor, but I think it is a meningioma and it could or could not be terminal. And we won't know until you have a surgery. And so um, let's plan from here. Okay. Let's pause that (laughs) part of the story. So (laughs) did your family ever think that you were keeping information from them? Like you knew this was happening and you kept it from us? They, yes, they were angry that I kept the first information from them. And then as we were moving forward, um, he did say that uh, this was urgent but not emergent and that we should spend the holidays together and enjoy our family time together and have the surgery immediately after the new year. So that was November 6th, and the surgery was that day scheduled for January 7th. And I was really excited about the holidays and spending time with the family. And um, they thought because I was so at peace with all that, that I was really not going to survive this. And I just wasn't telling them. I wasn't being truthful when in fact, I really didn't know. So you, you get the diagnosis, you talk to your husband, you guys decide to wait till after the holidays. Did that make your holiday time with your family even more special or meaningful to you? Oh, oh, for sure. Um, we had, for some reason, never even had a generated a family photograph. And so we had family photographs made. We took a family vacation. Um, we had bake day. Everything was more special. And I've always wanted our whole family to put up the Christmas tree. And um, that's never happened. And everybody came over to do that, including my mother-in-law. Like, just everything was just really celebrated and exaggerated. Um, and it was so special. And it was exaggerated because they knew now that this, or they still hadn't known they, the information? I told them that we, they knew about the, the tumor. They knew I was having a surgery. They thought that I was not telling them something because yeah. I was so at peace with it. But 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 the, the holiday celebration they really stepped up their game because <laughs> they knew the information that they, could be serious. Correct. Right. They did step up their game. And um, this is one of the pinnacles. Um, my husband ha- owns his own business, and we went to have our annual Christmas dinner celebration. And they asked me at Christmas at dinner what I would want for Christmas gift. And I said, I would really like everybody to attend church. And this is a lot of... Um, there's a lot of non-believers that was at that dinner, and um, the next Sunday morning, they all joined me in church, and they all heard the gospel. Wow. The power of love will do great things. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now you're, you're through Christmas, January 7th, you're working, you decide you better go to the hospital, have a brain surgery. A really great idea, Angie. And um, so you, how long was the surgery so the surgery was supposed to be about five or six hours, but uh, it turned out to take about nine. Um, when uh, Dr. Booz, Booz did the surgery at Kettering um, Medical Center, he when he got in there, um, the tumor was about four and a half centimeters, but it had grown a couple little finger projections, and they'd wrapped around um, mm. 
the base of my spine, uh, the sperm and magnum area, and they were very vasculature. And so when he got in there, he was pulling that away slowly, but it started bleeding a little bit. And so mm. he had to stop. He did have to leave a little bit of tumor behind. And he, yeah, we all know that. But he got most of it out. And so he had to stop and then um, stop the surgery and uh, didn't get all that he wanted to get. Okay. And uh, when did you get the news that it was um, not a situation that would lead to immediate death? Immediate death. So um, I came out of surgery. I, I don't remember a lot of it, but um, it was supposed to be three days in the hospital. I remember kind of waking up, and then the tumor um, tissue actually had to go to pathology. And I'd say about the day of the third morning, he said that it was a benign um, they staged it, and they said that, of course, what was left there could grow back. But um, in general, he was very amazed because most uh, tumors like mine that grow finger-like projections are usually terminal, and they're they're really? rarely ever benign. Well, praise the Lord for mm -hmm. that. We're excited. So through this process, um, probably like only Angie Mickle would do, you named your tumor something. What did you name your tumor? That's true. Um, I named my tumor Joy, and that is because um, uh, so I, I immediately wanted to find a way to witness to people. And so um, by showing my friends and family and uh, my students here at the university um, pictures of my tumor, I was able to show them um, how much vascular loss I had inside my head, but God was still sovereign. And they told the doctors told me this tumor had been growing for like 15 or 20 years. And that I had accomplished, been able to accomplish school and so much with this tumor and just no knowledge that it was there. And he was just taking care of everything. And so um, I believed that he was using this as another way for me to minister to people. So I was kind of praying to him and asking him, what do you want me to do with this? And he said, I felt like he wanted me to name the tumor Joy, um, which is fun because in James um, 1, 2 through 4, there is a verse that says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet uh, trials and tribulations of various kinds, you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness and that um, when you when your t faith is tested and you stand with um, joy and you stand in his strength, then you're able to show the world that he is your strength. And we're going to talk about that without going in, into other parts of your story. How did this situation allow you to share joy and the love of Christ? Well, I was able to um, t to uh, tell everybody about my tumor. I had pictures, really good pictures, that of vascular studies, and really the whole right side of my brain um, has just a a really limited blood supply when you look at a picture of how much is on the left and how much we're supposed to have. And to think that, that I'm this solid, um, I'm a little forgetful, but I've been like that my whole life. So maybe it's tumor related. <laughs> I don't know. But um, You should claim it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with that being said, um, pretty solid, pretty knowledgeable, um, love people, love everything. I love life and I'm so active. And so for all that to be the way that it is with this tumor that had been growing inside my head, I just felt like God really wanted me to use this to, to reach out to people and say that he's got this. He's got us. Um, and that we as Christians are going to face trials and tribulations, and we have to encounter that and still um, know that he's got it. We just got to be strong in the Lord. It's a, it's a great lesson to learn that because God always does have it. He's he the creator of, the, of everything, and we can trust him. 
Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory. Glory.